the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we have been discussing the heart of the Father, and here with me this week is author Mike Novotny, who I've had on the show before to discuss his book now, today, How to Heal. Pastor Mike Novotny has served God's people in full-time ministry since 2007 in Madison, and most recently at the Core in Appleton, Wisconsin. He also serves as a lead speaker for Time of Grace, where he shares the good news about Jesus through television, print, and online platforms. Mike lives with his wife and children in Appleton, Wisconsin. Learn more about him at www.timeofgrace.org. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, Denise. I was uh, Facebook stalking you about an hour ago, and I, I saw that you just got, was it your master's? Yes, I did. Oh, I know that's not the topic today, but I wanted to say congratulations. I saw some posts you made at one in the morning asking for prayers as you were writing papers. So that that triggered some memories for me. So, Oh, yes. Well, you know, I knew I wanted to study God's Word on a deeper level and thought it would just help equip me for the work of ministry. And so it was in biblical exposition. And I will say some all-nighters were had over here. And the realization that taking two classes at the same time while working full-time and doing ministry was a bit challenging, but it was worth it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have a job when I went through mine, so you are a stronger woman than I am. (laughs) And thank God you're not a woman. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to get on to the podcast now. So, Mike, it has been heavy on my heart this month to help heal the hearts of father and child and, and mother and child as well. But this being the month that we focus in on fathers. And what has just stuck with me all month has been the fact that children can hold on to their hurts and feel justified in doing so. Because let's face it, dads are not perfect. And, FYI, neither are kids. And somewhere along the way, hurt happened. But God wants us to heal and to forgive and be set free. And I think your book is just what we need to help us all heal. The scripture for this episode is taken from Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. Mike, I think so often we don't experience healing because we're not willing to let go of the hurt. Why do you think that this is? Hmm. Yeah, specifically with our fathers, uh, maybe my shortest answer would be because sin is bad. Hmm. And specifically with fathers, I mean, there there are a few analogies that Jesus gave us to try to understand what God is like. And one of his favorites was to see God as an Abba or a father, You think of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus was teaching us to pray. So here's what is supposed to be one of our earliest and best opportunities to understand the forgiveness and the love and the affection and the strength and the protective heart of God. And so when a father messes that up and a father sins, like sin is always bad. But when our fathers, earthly fathers, really mar our image or our imagination of what the heavenly father is like. I I think that's why some of that hurt goes so, so deep. There's this hole in our heart that a father is supposed to fill. And when we do it well, man, we understand God 
And when fathers mess that up, it can do some deep damage. So I think that's why many people find it very hard to move past those hurtful childhood experiences. Yes. And, you know, even um, this month, we've just been talking about the fact that we feel justified almost in holding on to it because the the hurt is legitimate. But God doesn't want us to stay in that hurt place, and His grace is enough. But I think sometimes people don't want to let go of it, almost like they identify with it. This happened to me, and I am this person. But that isn't who we are. Who we are in Christ is a new creation, and the old has gone, and the new has come, and we don't have to carry that around anymore. So if you're listening today, and you're saying, I just, I'm afraid to hope, I'm afraid to think that I could really let go of this hurt, let me just tell you, I'm a living testimony to that. God is able And I just believe that he's going to set some people free today. So, Mike, tell me, why did you write this book? Uh, Yeah, the the book, How to Heal, was really an expanded version of three messages that I gave at my church. Uh, We had a series called The Deep End, and the first three weeks were on the topic of abuse. And uh, by the grace of God, I, I hadn't experienced abuse personally. So I had a good dad, a good mom, raised by good pastors, had good friends. Um, But when I kind of dove into that deep end and started to ask questions and listen to people and do surveys at our church, um, read books, dive into websites, like that really inspired me to see, wow, there are probably dozens, if not hundreds of people that I minister to, people I know and care about and love who have been through this incredibly traumatic experience And here I am as their pastor, really being ignorant about what that's like, about what kind of truths and and good theology a person needs. And so the book kind of came out of this, like, what what does God in his word say to people who have been abused? Um, Secondly, what does God say to people who have been abusive? Because let's face it, there's many of those in the church too. And then finally, what does God say to just the Christian community as we try to love and minister to both the abused and the abusive? So those three parts were based off the three church messages, and it makes up the book that we called How to Heal. I love the fact that you also address the abuser. I think sometimes in our own sense of vindication, we can, you know, just want them to perish, right? And that's that's actually not the heart of God toward them. And and we want that redemption for the wounded. Yes, But, you know, we're all offenders in some way because we all created and did offenses, which is sins against God. And so this is where, you know, it gets a little dicey because we, we want to forgive people. We know that's right. But someone who inflicted pain on an innocent person, this is going to be an interesting discussion. So we're going to shift from the earlier episode of this month that focused on our earthly fathers and our heavenly father's role in that relationship to now the heart of our heavenly father in this episode and how God desires that his children, all his children, be healed. Now, the main thrust of this book is about abuse, and this is a whole new level of hurt. It can seem to be something we cannot recover from. And you mentioned how the church is not prepared to handle this well. Why do you think this is? And how can we change the church culture in this way? Mm, Yeah, those are good questions. Um, Why do I think the church is unprepared? 
Um, my answer would be word count. Hmm. You know, if you go past, go over every word from your pastor's sermons from, let's just say, the past year, <laughs> like how many, not just series, sermon series or entire messages, how, how many words even touch this issue, right? Or go to your Bible class or your small group or... Right people you podcast. And so it, maybe it's not shocking if we, if we haven't talked about it, maybe we're not prepared to deal with it. And we'd say the same thing about um, hmm. you know, teaching about the biblical stance on sex or on drinking or on the way we use our words or on bitterness. So I, I, I think it's, it's really ignorance and maybe fear from Christian leaders. Um, <laughs> you, you know, transparently, I was more afraid about preaching these messages than any others, just because I knew like there are real triggers and real trauma that exists in the brain of someone who's been abused. So someone comes to church and they're looking for comfort and hope and peace. And now for three straight Sundays, like all these memories are flooding back. Um, Yeah. I, I remember some of the feedback I got after the first sermon that was good, but it just, it was a, freezing cold water splashed in my face thinking, wow, Mm. what's it like when your pastor starts to preach and your brain almost shuts off and you can smell the scent of the man from 31 years ago. Like, Mm. like this is, this is not the the shallow end of the theological pool. And so, man, whether it's because we were scared to talk about it, maybe for good reason, or we've just never heard anyone model this before, I think because of those things, if we don't overcome them, you end up with this church culture where we just don't bring it up. We don't talk about it. And we hope that people will heal without help from God's word and help from God's people. Wow. And, you know, two words I think of as I'm listening to you, the words shame and pain. And shame is one of those things that we just want to stay away from it, right? It hurts to think about it. But if we aren't willing to go through the pain and face it, we really will not find that healing. And, you know, I found in my healing journey, uh, grief journey, that um, God would bring these things up, you know, it's almost like lemon juice in a wound. It's like, really? Mm. Do I have to have this? But it, it was intentional. You know, at first it was like, oh God, why did you have to allow this or that at different times? And, oh, I see it's a good, good God that would allow these things to be brought up because you want me to move on from these things and not be held back, you know, by them anymore. And so fear is such uh, an inhibitor to healing and we have to be willing to face the pain, but face it with God's word. You know, that is the filter and the lens that people need. And so often we can hear that and it sounds like the Sunday school answer, but people don't really know how to do that. Okay, God can heal me. Um, I don't really want to think about this stuff. You're going to make me think about it. Well, how is he going to heal me? How is his word able to do that? What would you say to that? Just being honest that all growth exists on the other side of pain. Mm. Right? I have my uh, oldest daughter is about to become a teenager in a couple days here. And, Mm. (laughs) you know, I mean, you become an adult through painful changes in your body. Um, she came into this world, one of God's best gifts to our family through a lot of pain for my wife. Um, you want to learn to run a 5k, 
you, you don't get strong and fit without pain. You want to put on muscle and go to the gym. It hurts. And so I think those are just good reminders that you can heal and God can help, but let's just go into it with the assumption that the, the first stages of that healing are going to be very painful Hmm. in the short term. It really would be more comfortable just to stuff this down, sweep it under the rug and not talk about it. So yeah, it's called the deep end for a reason. Um, we, our feet can't touch the bottom here and we need the Holy Spirit to help us tread some water and, and learn to find our strength to talk about these things because you know, we, we can't oh, be sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You know, I was just going to say it is easier and it isn't because when you don't deal with these things, they limit your existence. Mm-hmm. You're living a half life. You know, uh, you don't even realize it. Sometimes it might be a discouragement. It might be mindsets that are holding you back because you're not willing to deal with the elephant that is so clearly in the room and it's with you and versus putting it in its place and realizing you don't have to be identified anymore. But I do think people do wrongly think it is easier to not deal with it, but God is, his grace is sufficient. You know, I've realized I don't want to imagine the present or the future apart from his grace. And so if I imagine pain with Christ, with him, Um, And what does that mean? It's not just words, his power, his grace to enable me, then I'm willing to face that pain. So what would you say? We brought this up earlier. I'm going to go ahead and hit into this. What does God say to the abuser, the abusive people? Mm. Uh, Lots. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this might seem like a tangent. Um, One of my favorite professors from college, he just got his doctorate in the concept of indirect communication. And uh, he's he's pretty smart. I I struggle (laughs) to understand it, but I did understand this nugget. He said, sometimes the most powerful way to communicate to someone is to say something to someone else. Hmm. In other words... um, let's say I'm standing with my daughter and I'm talking to a friend. If I complimented my daughter in front of my friend, she might get kind of real sheepish, right? She kind of, right. you know, you ever been complimented in public and it's like, ah, <laughs> you don't want to seem, yeah, it's, it's just weird. But if, you, if I would say the same nice thing about her to my friend and she just gets to overhear it, like she just gets to absorb the truth and beauty of that message. Hmm. Um, so, you know, when God speaks to the abusive in his word, he has a, a definitely a direct word to the abusive to confront their sin. But I also think there is such comfort for the one who has been abused, knowing that this father hates this sin. Um, he is not for it. He is not standing by shrugging his shoulders. And we just get to almost overhear God speaking to violent, controlling, slanderous, lying, manipulative people. And the more we see his passion and his strength confronting abuse, you know, we just almost as a third party get to overhear that. And and to me, that's part of the healing. Hmm. So yeah, I want to answer your question, like specifically, what does he say? But I don't just want listeners who are abusive to listen. I also want the abused to listen in and hear the compassionate, strong and protective heart of our heavenly father. Mm, I love that. You mentioned three things the abuser needs to look at in their healing process. 
Now, this might feel odd to start with healing for the abuser, but when we can work toward their healing, we can stop the abuse. And the heart of the father is for the abuser as well as the ones who are abused. Now, it's, it's a different approach, right? Just as you were sharing. I mean, there, there's certainly going to be um, condemnation of the sin. Um, but there is a desire that all would come to repentance. Um, what does an abuser need to do to be healed? Yeah, a number of things. Um, First, they need to understand what abuse is. Uh, you know, depending, we can normalize behavior, and especially because many abusers were abused themselves statistically. Um, maybe they've never come to see this as all that bad. It just mm. feels like, well, that's how my dad talked to me, or that's how my mom's boyfriend treated my mom. And so, yeah, this is what you do behind closed doors. So really looking um, in the mirror of God's word and seeing what right and wrong is, um, seeing what men and women are supposed to be like, seeing the power of words. Like we can't compare our behavior to our mom, our dad, our brother, our sister. Um, we're comparing it to our heavenly father. So just starting there, standing in front of the mirror and thinking, what is physical abuse? What is verbal abuse? What is financial abuse? What, what does it look like? Um, studying good websites from good sources so we can say, oh my goodness, I just thought I was a guy, but I'm an abuser. Like letting that light bulb come on so we can identify deeply with that sin. Um, then the second thing I'd say, there's others, but I'll, I'll limit it to two. The second thing I'd say is, is look at Jesus who chose Simon the Zealot as one of his apostles. Hmm. You know, the zealots were not the pacifists of the first century. They were, um, they were called the Sicarii, the dagger men. They would hide. If you watch the Chosen series, they're starting to unpack yeah. a little bit of Simon the Zealot, you know, aggressive, violent, almost military trained. They're almost like religious terrorists. And here Jesus picks one. <laughs> and then later on the road to Damascus, he appears to Paul, this bounty hunter of sorts, who described himself as a violent man in 1 Timothy 1, and, and stories like that are proof that even when abusive, violent, manipulative people, even when murderers themselves confess their sin to Jesus, there is hope. So, oh my goodness, give up your abuse, open mm. your hands, because there is something so much better that you can get than a little bit of extra control in your home. Um, you, can, you can have God himself through Jesus. Wow, I love that. And control is definitely uh, something significant there. But even as you were talking, and I think it's giving our sin its worst name. You know, that can cultivate empathy for people that you're hurting. And having asking God to open your eyes to see, you know, what you're doing wrong. This would be something for abusers. And I, I know... Um, my ex-husband is a registered sex offender, okay? And uh, I think the fact that he is listed is a good thing because I think it is an inhibitor. You know, and consequences that happen, even though you might say, oh, you know, consequences last forever, they serve to remind us, you know, that we don't have to be that person, that, that we, there's consequences when we hurt people in this life. And it hurts the heart of God 
to hurt his children. And so I just think giving the sin its worst name and there, there needs to be consequences so that people can develop the empathy. So we, we've just scratched the surface, but next week we're going to go deep into how to heal the wounds of abuse and victims and the heart of the father toward them. Thank you for being on the show, Mike. How can our listeners find you? Yeah, if they just go to timeofgrace.org backslash abuse, um, they can track down me and then all the resources we've compiled to mm. help both the abused and the, the abusive. Wonderful. Y'all listen in next week as we just hone in a little bit more on how to heal those who've been abused. If you're listening today and just feel like you cannot move past the hurt in your life, I hear you. I'm a living testament that God can do it, friends. Join us next week as we see the heart of the Father for us all, in particular, those who have suffered at the hands of abusive people. God is for you, and He is well able to heal you. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems.